Hello, welcome to an order at Drive Through Records with no money in the bank, and that is myself. Hi. Hi, that's myself and Tom B. And this and is I'm, that one. That's right. I'm, I'm Andrew Marsh. Hi. Hey, how are you, Andrew? I'm very good. I'm ready to talk about uh, the uh, the album that we are featured. The number two. Number two. What's technically number three, right? Technically number three, because number two was a compilation album on the Drive Through Records label that, that uh, um, you know, we, we can't talk about every fucking compilation album, Tom. I'm curious about the compilation album as number two, though. Right? Have you seen it or listened to it? Because I've not even looked into it. But what, who were they putting on that? Because they didn't exactly have the biggest roster. No, it was a situation where they would just approach bands and then get them on a compilation. So you had a situation where you had a Jimmy Eat World song on a drive through album, which was quite odd. But, you know, but it's like, like what Fat Rat did with all the Rocket into Bush stuff, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. Well, you want to be on it? It's be fun. Because <laughs> it's like just how we approach everybody to do anything we've ever created. Like, <laughs> you want to? I mean, no, it's, you're not one of us, but be fun like yeah it, it was a it's a weird situation it, it, i mean we could have in theory talked about that compilation album why why did we decide not to tom i don't know but the rules that you set Is it, oh yeah actually yeah <laughs> in terms of writing about the drive through records i decided not to talk about a compilation because if i had to write a little review of a compilation album it would have taken no, a good 23 paragraphs or so. Well, I think it's also like there's only because I mean, like, part of the reason we're doing this is because of like everybody's connection to Drive Through as a label and connection to those albums. And you can't, you can only really have like connections to a very limited number of compilation albums. Like, mm. now that's what I call music the greatest compilation series ever released. Certainly the most successful. Very much so, yeah. Uh, Rock Against Bush. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the punk goes pop stuff, but that's more of like in the Spotify era. Because like, I don't know. They started really good and got really shit. So. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, if you're doing a compilation album, we would have to talk specifically about individual bands who have done one song. And we have a lot to say about one band who's in the album. <laughs> we have a lot to say about one song. Yeah. <laughs> so if we had to do a compilation album, we'd be spending an hour on each song, and that's just that's just not viable as a as a as a podcast. Is this a podcast? What do we what are we calling this? Yes, it's a podcast. Like podcast. it's it's a video of our faces, but I mean, I can probably strip the audio and make it an audio podcast too. Either way. Get that reach. Get that content. Oh, like and subscribe. The... Down here. Mm. <laughs> I just like pointing there to imagine that something. I like pointing there too. <laughs> it's really oddly satisfying. It's like, guys, uh, if you want to listen to about more, the link will be below. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes there's something up here. Oh my god, yes. And it's just like, oh, if you're sorry, I'm trying to arrange it. Oh, if you want to change sometimes the videos, it'll be popping up in the corner right about now. <laughs> yeah. Here's a rainbow animation. <laughs> so let, 
Let's call it a vodcast. A vodcast. Vodcast. I've got no vodka. A video on demand cast. Video on demand cast. Yeah. I mean, all videos on demand. Are all videos on demand. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you demand a video, you can find a video. Blockbuster with video on demand, you just you just have to go there for your demand. Yeah. And really, YouTube's video on demand, because yeah, you see something, then it's just there on YouTube. And you can get a surprisingly decent amount of full films on YouTube. Um, I think two months ago I watched um, the Lindsay Rohan Chris Pine classic, Just My Look, on YouTube. Is that the one with uh, McFly in? That's the one with McFly in. <laughs> <laughs> it was introduced to me by Kat, who's currently cackling in the corner. It's one of the greatest films I've ever seen. That, that is the one that made Harry from McFly fall in love with Lindsay Lohan and they had a very passionate relationship for about, you know, a week. Maybe. Yeah. It wasn't enough for them to write a song about it. No, sadly not. Oh, what? There's not a McFly song about that. There should be a McFly song about Lindsay Lohan. I mean, there might be, but... If you get them on the phone, this will be, the, be the, their reunion, their fifth reunion. Yeah, and also... Dougie from McFly was a massive pop punk fan. Of course he was. It's, I imagine most of McFly were big pop punk fans because they were like similar to Busted. It's like they were pop punk infused. Mm, definitely. Did anyone from McFly have side projects? Um, no, not not in the same sense that you know Charlie Simpson left Busted to go to. Yeah. Well, and they all had their own little side games anyway, because Charlie left the fight star. Uh, James had Son of Dork. Which was a great... I thought it was good, actually. That one album, uh, Ticket Out of Loser. Yeah. It's, it's surprisingly good. I listened to it recently, and it holds, and I really wasn't expecting <laughs> it to. I was really not expecting it to, like, you know, be decent. And better, all, all we've got is your opinion on that. If like a hundred people listened to Ticket Out of Loserville, would they have the same opinion of you or would they say that that was pretty shit? I reckon they'd have the same opinion as me and we I would start a campaign to get every Son of Dork song in the top 20 for Christmas. Like Christmas number one, Son of Dork. Christmas number two, Son of Dork. Christmas number three, Son of Dork. Yeah. No, wasn't wasn't the album called Welcome to Loserville and then the main track was Ticket Out of Loserville? That- yeah, I think they wanted to kind of like, in, maybe they wanted like both pop punk tropes, like they wanted I Hate This Town and I Love This Town at the same time. Yeah. There was a massive, there was a massive pop, actually the bassist who had no talent whatsoever. <laughs> oh, bassists never do. <laughs> He went out with Kelly Osbourne for a little while. Really? Do you like this weird well of celebrity gossip today? Uh, so if you if you think about Kelly Osbourne's relationship, she went Burt McCracken from The Used, and then the bassist from fucking what they called Son of Dog. Son of Dog. That's a big step down. And there's a massive step down. I always used to fancy Burt McCracken. I used to prefer him to Jared Way, and I've been told that that says a lot about my personality rather than actual which one was more attractive. <laughs> Just like, uh, one the one that looks like a crackhead. That's that's my type. <laughs> Burt the crackhead. Burt the crackhead. It's like, it, is that his real name? It can't be his real name. 
Not the McCracken, like the McCracken. Because McCracken is like, it's like that Bill McCracken joke everyone tells at school. <laughs> it can't be his real name. <laughs> Bert no, McCracken and brother Phil McCracken. <laughs> I think it was his real name. He was, he was in episodes of uh, the Osbournes. Oh, as her boyfriend? Yes. I bet he was deeply uncomfortable with that. Probably. And then uh, Jack Osborne, at the end of one episode that featured him, he goes, Daughters are a lot like their mothers. Both love singers. And then that's <laughs> the episode. End of the whole episode. I'm having that written on my grave. <laughs> it was really quite poignant. <laughs> I mean, what 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 he meant by that was one of them shagged Ozzy Osbourne and one of them shagged Bert McCracken, which again is a massive step. <laughs> Like, I mean, people still know who Ozzy Osbourne is, whereas they use and kind of vanished into obscurity. Yeah, although Ozzy Osbourne has got, I, mean, I want to say Parkinson's, but I'm not quite sure. I mean, it's a miracle he's still alive. It really is. Like, it's, like, I mean, it's tragic with whatever he's got, but at the same time, he should have died 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, like, even when, like, the Osbournes used to be on TV, you'd watch it and you'd be like, oh, he's not, not well, is he? <laughs> he was never well. The first episode of the Osbournes, he was hamming, ham, hammering away at the TV remote, trying to get it to turn on. <laughs> he had, like, a ridiculous, like, cartoon-style TV remote that had amazing buttons on. And he's going... I find it really weird how, in terms of reality TV, like, following celebrity families and all that... We got like in the noughties, we got like the Osbournes, which was like dark and gothy and weird as fuck. And then we now have like the Cardassians and Total Divas and stuff like that. Mm. It feels like there's never been a middle ground. Just like, oh no, following normal people, Big Brother, there has been a middle ground at Normie. Yeah, and like um, Jersey Shaw, that was somewhere in the middle, I would say. Yeah, but they're still massively overblown, aren't they? I think so. One of them was on WrestleMania one. Snooki was on WrestleMania. Who hasn't been on WrestleMania, Andrew? Me and you. I'd give it time. <laughs> they'll take on any they'll take anyone, it's fine. To be honest, right, do you remember when we were watching WrestleMania and that child came out of the audience and won the fucking tag team title? Or he was the referee's son. Oh, was he? Yeah. Well that destroys the illusion a little bit. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, Andrew. It's, uh, it's, it's, all, it's all scripted. <laughs> I know, but at that point, it seemed like they just carried a child. <laughs> well, they just found a child inside, and we're just like, oh, I mean, to be honest, to be fair to me, to be fair to me, when we saw that, we were chanting that kid's name as they came out of the crowd. We were also shit based. Possibly, possibly. That was the mania. That was the mania after we'd done a, our first preview for the No Money to Band show. And no, that was, that was actually the one after, I think. I think that was the one where we went to Leeds to watch that royal, that thing at the Oh, door. Rise. Yes, we went to watch Rise Wrestling and then we went back to mine. How many manias have we had together, Andrew? This, this is like the weirdest way to track a relationship, <laughs> isn't it? How many manias? <laughs> this would have been the third one if it had but obviously we didn't watch it together. No. Don't we kept each other though? Yeah. 
was it was and we zoomed each other occasionally. Mm-hmm. God, that feels like a fucking lifetime ago. I know it was only two months ago. Fucking hell! It's like. Are we recording this? No, yeah, we are recording this. We absolutely are. We've, we've gone very off track. Shall we, shall we move on to what we're actually here to fucking talk about? <laughs> and then yeah. we'll continue this in Dodder of Drat after this. Okay. <laughs> it's just an order of drive through and Dodder of Drat is just like an extended conversation between them. It's, yeah. like, like a, it's like a comic crossover and then you don't... So, so if, you, if you watch this and you're enjoying it and you like that string of narrative, you need to go on to the next thing which is called Dog Which will be appearing in the corner right about now. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to actually do that now. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the oh, album yeah. that we are talking about is Drive Through Records' second full album release. It is the third on their catalogue because, as mentioned, there was a compilation in between, and it is River Phoenix's River Phoenix of 1997. River Phoenix, who would go on to become Phoenix TX. Um, Andrew, do you have any history that I would not know about this? Um, okay, so River Phoenix signed to Drive Through Records. Is this before or after his death? This was good question, actually. I'm not too sure. I know that they were River Phoenix from 1995. Hold on, um, just, I think they might have changed their name. Tom, Tom, pad for a second while I found out when River Phoenix died. <laughs> I like how we just admit we're just accepting that these are going to be going up unedited and I'm just putting titles on. <laughs> yeah, just, just pad. Hold on. What, like, because what I'm thinking was okay, like. Wait, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. So River. <laughs> fucking seamless. <laughs> so River Phoenix died in 1993. Shit, so it is after River Phoenix's death. So this band became River Phoenix and they released a record called River Phoenix, self-titled. And I'm pretty sure they formed in 1995, so they are just insensitive cunts. I mean, yeah, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, well, I don't know. I thought that River might be a city in Phoenix and it was just a weird coincidence. And then when River Phoenix died, they were just like, oh, maybe we should change the name because it's not cool. That, that would have been a very specific coincidence to happen. I don't know. Is Phoenix in Texas? Because they're from Texas. So. Yeah, they are. And also, they're not from Phoenix. They're, they're from somewhere else in Texas. Anyway... <laughs> So the point is, they brought out this record, and when this record started gaining traction and getting reasonably popular, uh, the estate of the actor River Phoenix sent out a deep cease and desist order. Do you want to explain what a cease and desist order is to the it idiots? Is when, it is when the estate of a person uh, sends you a letter that says that you need to both cease and desist your current activity. Mm-hmm. So you can't call yourself River Phoenix anymore. Yeah. So they decided like... to call themselves Phoenix TX. So go. basically what, what you have is a situation where the third release on Drive Records is called River Phoenix, self-titled, and then they released this album again 18 months later and it was called Phoenix TX. And this is also their only release with Drive Through Records? 
No. Oh, because I know that they got signed by MCA. Yes. So the a little bit later on, they released another album called Lechuza. And at that point, Drive Through Records had got so popular that they had made a deal with MCA Records where they would do kind of um, joint releases. Oh, right. Is that why um, Starting Line were also on? Um, yeah. And uh, Geffen Records, which is the sister company of FCA, MCA, also brought out Blink-182's self-titled, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, they did. So any kind of drive-through album that seems like it's on MCA is just a con- conglomeration. That's a word, right? It is. Uh, I don't really use it right, but it is a word. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what <are> we do. <laughs> so, so any any popular release on drive-through records was also with MCA records, but. For the purposes of this, we we will still go through each one. Uh, as, if it, as if it were a drive-through. Yeah. Yeah, because some of the best ones came out on MCA as well. So. And they were on MCA, but for the purposes of this, they're still on drive-through records. If it, <laughs> if you look at the spine of that CD and it says MCA slash drive-through, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> that's if you still own CDs, which unless you're Andrew Marsh, you probably don't. So. Yeah. And that's if you decide to listen to this or watch this for long enough to... <laughs> if you can get past the 20 pure minutes of us trying to find out facts about McFly, then... <laughs> so anyway, this is River Phoenix by, at the time, River, River Phoenix. Phoenix. 1997, and um, in 20 bonus tracks, it clocks in at 48 minutes, which is proving my point. That album, like, I feel like I've been spoiled by albums especially like pop punk and punk albums being like 30 minutes long, but still somehow 25 set, 25 tracks. Yeah. It's like albums seemed longer back in the day, which is a weird note to have, but I said the same thing about um, Cousin Oliver, but although Cousin Oliver's 55 minutes, that's too long. It was far too long. Also, when did we stop doing this thing where instead of having the bonus tracks listed separately, there's just like, and 30 seconds to a minute of silence at the end of your final track. I don't know. I, th- I think that's kind of, uh, I don't think that's necessarily done with an era necessarily. It's just something that I think some people still do that. Sometimes. I just feel like I've not heard it for ages, but like in the late 90s, mid 90s, there was definitely this period of like listening to a CD in my bedroom, just like, oh, it's done, but I'm doing some work or something, I'll go back to it. And then, like, after this prolonged silence, just like, hey, hey, kids, it's time for <laughs> the silly bonus song. Yeah. You just sat there in the most ridiculous voice that's... <laughs> Quick, hit the corner, I've got a song. <laughs> every Descendants bonus track. So... <laughs> Yeah, it'll have all gone quiet. And you'll put South Park on, and then eventually there'll be the massive fart sound, and then someone laughing. You'll be like, oh, the album's still on. (laughs) Oh, man, the acrobats, they just keep knocking them out. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes that will be the actual lyric. You'll be quiet, and then someone will be knocking them out. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's a, it's a weird, it was a weird kind of uh, thing to happen, really. It was just always very jarring. Um, mm. So, just like baseballs, what do you think about this? Um, I've been listening to this album for like 10 days solid now. Really? Yeah. Just like on a loop? Well, pretty much. If I'm about to listen to some music, I will put this on because oh. we've not talked about it. Because uh, for, for the listeners slash viewers, we were supposed to do this last Friday uh, and then Tom fell asleep or something. I'm not quite sure. I'm an infected tooth. He had an infected tooth. Sorry, yeah. No, <laughs> it was fine. It was, a, it was a good reason he had an infected tooth. <laughs> right, we've cancelled stuff like this before because I've fallen asleep several times. But this time, it was a legitimate reason. It was a very good reason. Um, but but because because we were supposed to record last week and we didn't, I've listened to this album for about ten days, and mate, for the most part, I fucking love it. <laughs> it holds up surprisingly well, to be honest. I I don't quite know how I feel about it, but I don't dislike it. Yeah, let me hold on. Let me get the lyrics. Okay. Oh, there are some. Fucked up where it's in this. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I think I, I think I like this album for the same reason that I like a lot of like the early stuff of Junior. In that it's like, it's particularly good. Blink One Eight Two. It's like they are they like they like a Blink One Eight Two cover band that was just like, look, I've got a mate with a trumpet. You want to do something for one track? Let's talk about the songs themselves, and then I'll I'll give you a bit of information about the Blink Link. Oh, oh, awesome! All right, so let's start with <laughs> Apple Pie Cowboy Two Face. Yeah. Oh fucking hell. Okay, so this song, right? Um, I'll tell you about. I enjoyed this song quite a lot. For the first two minutes of this song, it sounds like a Cheshire Cat era Blink song. It really does. And like the harmonies and like, it just sounds like Blink, early Blink. It's probably one of the first bands that actually got influenced by like, Dude Ranch slash Cheshire Cat era Blink. So it's certainly that were kind of like being like signed up by labels and put out there. Yeah. A lot of bands are influenced by, by Blink these days, but but to be influenced by the first couple of Blink albums, it was quite unique. I found this quite unique in that sense. Um, what I didn't like about this particular track... Is this the, is this the rap breakdown? I'm about the three-minute <laughs> point. The rap, rap breakdown. Which is, I've got a fact about this, uh, that rap is lifted verbatim from the rap... Revenge of the Nerds. Fuck you, man. <laughs> That's, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, you got to let me have facts too. <laughs> <laughs> I've fucking done my research, man. And so have you, apparently. So that's All right, that. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that was a... Have you seen Revenge of the Nerds? No, I've heard it's, I've heard it's not worth catching up with like 30-whatever um, years later it is now. Yeah, no, I've not seen it either. Um, but when I heard this rap on this particular album... He basically in the rap, if you not listen to this album, he's talking about all the people on the record. Um and I he was thing to do at the top of the album. Yeah. 
Why not usually a kind of like bonus tried? I love to bang. Farty McGee. <laughs> yeah. But for, for some reason, this is how they introduce themselves to the record. Um, and there's 17 people he references on the, on the record. And I didn't realize it was a Revenge of the Nerds kind of quote kind of rap thing where we talk about all the characters. So I was like, how many fucking people are in this band? One of them's called the Jolly Green Giant. It was like, what the fuck is going on with this song? <laughs> it's, um, and also this song is five minutes long, which yeah. is- it's a long song. I, I love my Cheshire Cat era blink. Like, it's my favorite, but it's good because they perfected the art of not really getting it above two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes would be considered a long song. Yeah. All right. Whereas like five minutes of Cheshire Cat Blink is too much. Yeah. If you were, any of the Blink songs that I love off Cheshire Cat, if you were to extend them for two minutes and put a fucking rap in any of them, it would have been very disappointing. Oh, no, I've got a new project that I'm going to do to pass the time. I'm going to take all Blink-182 songs, right? Just repeat a couple of choruses and verses and extend them for the middle and put, and put rap breaks in the middle <laughs> and just send you one a week. <laughs> By the second one, I, you won't get any response because I'll have topped myself. <laughs> My name is Tom and I'm here to say alien, aliens as exist and... I think they're gay. Oh, fucking dogs. Oh. Oh, God. If you, if you put your own raps in any Blinks, I would stop listening to Blink, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rapping. I'm rapping. I'm rap, rap, rapping. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so you asked me about that song. My answer is it's a fucking brilliant early Blink-182 song until they decide to do the Revenge of the Nerds rap. Such an odd choice. It's an odd choice. And on their Wikipedia, um, they describe this as um, because of how they would like treat, like, treat the process. Um, they could delve into star or hip-hop. This is referred to as them experimenting with... Yeah. No, up there with the Wikipedia page for Bez from Happy Mondays calling him a dancer. <laughs> Actually true. It's like Bez is like songwriter, dancer, and it's it's beautiful. I mean he did, he did dance. He did, but I won't call him a dancer. No. Like in the, in the same way that you wouldn't call these guys rappers. No, you would not. No, this, like I feel like this like if this album was produced today. Right, the Revenge of the Nerds rap would be like an MC Last collaboration. Just yeah. like, he just comes in. He like, he's not been in the video for any of it, and then just half a proof. Yo, it's MC Lars. I'm here to rap about English and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but when you when you consider all the you know the current situation, and you've got two fucking white guys from fucking Texas deciding to rap. It's enough to get this album deleted from Spotify, really. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, the quality of the rap is enough reason to get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget the cultural appropriation, just, just the actual lyrics themselves. <laughs> All right, so what do you think of track two, GBOH? 
which has the timeless lyrics, um, or Jesus just snippets of the words, Tiddle Biddies, and yeah. going on about how he wishes to get his gangster groove on. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, what I would say is, the, I like this song in terms of the melody. Yeah. Um, I think what we're going to find as we as we go through these drive-through records albums is there's going to be at least twenty-eight times where I say I like this song in terms of the melody, but despite the lyrics, we should get like we should get some sort of like jar going on where we're just kind of like every time we say like oh I like this song because like, of the melodies, but the lyrics, woof, like just drop a quid in the jar. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. We'd have paid off our fucking venue debts by the by the end of this. <laughs> yeah, GBOH. Um, it's alright. This is a good song. It is, but you can't go around talking about people's breasts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it, even if they're glistening in the air. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you broken cat, by the way. Well, uh... <laughs> why? Why are they glistening so much? It's well, no, it's it's getting hot out, and you know you start. May I have a cold Can I have a beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like you, you know, you you're out there, you're jogging in the sun, and you get a bit of boob sweat, and that makes them glisten. And boob sweat is what the lads from River Phoenix are into. Apparently, yeah. Just like, oh, I want to treat your bosom like a <laughs> like a slip and slide. Bury See, my head in it like a possum wrapping. Jesus, <laughs> what, what, what did you think about this song? Um, uh, to be honest, is that the same as you? I've got a feeling that we are not going to disagree on much in this episode because. Again, great melodies, and it, it again, it sounds like Blink. It sounds like early era Blink, but mm-hmm. like uh, to the point, I'm convinced that like the lead singer of Phoenix, of Phoenix TX slash River Phoenix, even sounds like Tom DeLonge. Yeah, especially later on in the album. But so, so let's take let's take a break from the songs now. Just stick in the uh, information about River Phoenix slash Phoenix TX. Okay. Um, so Mark Hoppers managed Phoenix TX. So oh shit! And the reason he did was because his sister was dating uh, Damon from Phoenix TX. Uh, so. So he was just like, "Yo, I'll manage your band." Yeah. But, this was, but but then. Blink got massive, and Tom didn't. Uh, Mark didn't have the time, so he passed them on to Blink's manager, and then they became Blink's managers. Phoenix TX. That genuinely explains everything. So well, that's why. That's probably why they sound a bit like Blink. Like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like if you, if you like, if your manager and your sister and your sister's father as well is. You know, both doing that, and that means you're going to be seeing their shows and doing their thing. It's like it's the re it's the reason why a lot of bands on scene sound the same. 
but so so are they not from Texas? So because I thought they were from Texas, but Blinker LA, right? Blink, Blinker San Diego. Yeah. So the, somehow Mark's sister must have moved to Texas or something. Oh, Punt Rock University romance. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I may imagine so. And then that's how Phoenix TX got under the radar with um, Blink. To the extent that Blink then took Phoenix TX on tour just after Enemy of the State broke. So Blink-182 were playing to 13,000 people and their support was Phoenix TX. That's what I can say. So good. Phoenix TX should have been much bigger than they were. Yeah. I mean, I know they... Like, they didn't do badly. So I come to, like, they apparently shifted some like 600,000 albums during the time. And that, that was up to 2002, because not a brief, not 2002, 2005 when they split up. I think so, yeah. yeah. According to Wikipedia. Yeah. But, hey, hey, where do you do your, your research? <laughs> <laughs> we both looked at Wikipedia for our research, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I like to go down and I click on the citation link just to get yeah. a little bit of extra. <laughs> it's a good citation. <laughs> I mean, I think if if you look on YouTube, there's one incident where Travis couldn't play a show and they got the drummer from Phoenix TX to fucking drum for Blink. Fuck. Oh. Which, when you consider how big Blink went and how Phoenix TX went like that, it's kind of like... I think it's always the way with this era band, though. It's like, because Phoenix TX are decent, but if they sound like if they sound like this and they're supporting them and they're doing that, they are going to be met. They are going to be met with the fact that people will think they're a copycat. Mm. And if you look on the Wikipedia that we both looked at, one review of the Phoenix TX album says a very good Blink-182 album. Which I completely agree with. Which I agree with. To be yeah. I don't know if you wrote that, but we should fucking get them on the fucking podcast. podcast <laughs> the podcast, Andrew, the podcast. Yeah. All right, so going back to the actual tracks themselves. Yeah, it's right. Well, it starts getting weird around about like, the midpoint of the album because... I think the thing that I've noticed in this is like from like Apple Pie, Apple Pie, Cowboy Toothpaste, still the dumbest name ever. Yeah. All the way to Jolly Green Dumbass, also one of the dumbest names ever. Yeah. It's very blink like. And then all of a sudden you go into Skinner Jesse. Skinner Jesse. Which is one of the only ones on here which isn't on the Phoenix TX album. It's not on the what, sorry. On the, uh, yeah. The, no, uh, yeah, because when, when they released this Phoenix TX, it was the majority of this. It was, I think they took 11 tracks on this album, but they, did, they didn't take them all and they added a couple. So, Stin and Jesse, which is so star, it's got a ha-ha-ha stick em, um in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a very lame ha 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 stickum though. Oh yeah, no, it's not practiced. It's like if we were watching Less Than Jake and then you and then you went, oh, I'll be back in a minute, and then you ran on stage and went ha 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 stickum. It and would be just kind of ha 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 stickum. And then I crowd and then I stage dive into the audience crowd surf. I'm seen as a legend. Get out my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you know my one ambition in life is to go ha 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 stick him with less than Jake. <laughs> ha ha ha. Stick. Ha. <laughs> ha ha ha. Stick. Oh god. Every time I laugh now on this, I'm gonna say stick him at the end. <laughs> stick him. <laughs> stick him. Oh, that's gonna take a long time. Now, did you know how much I laugh? That's dangerous. <laughs> it's a danger game to play with. Stick them. <laughs> um, all right. Minimum wage. You like this song? Right. Like Nothing more. Like minimum wage. You can't. There's, you can't knock that for being kind of homophobic or racist. Or it's just a song about having no money in America. And actually, that's more resonant now than any time before if you think about it i feel like it's one of the way it's one of those subject matters which has always been in punk and pop fund and will always be in punk and pop fund because it's an issue that doesn't seem to be going away yeah but you know it's just it's it's just a solid pop contract about being shit broke <laughs> i remember when i bought this album well actually the the second the phoenix tx really yeah. The one which is much easier to find. Yeah. Like, this isn't even on Spotify. Yeah, and it, it really didn't... It, it shows how kind of sheltered I was, because all I'd listened to in terms of punk was uh, Enemy of the State. Yeah. So then I bought this, and I listened to this song. I was like, fuck, this is really punk. This is, this is like the most punk thing I've ever heard. But if you listen to it now, it, it's, it's, it's a very kind of melodic pop punk song you wouldn't you wouldn't say it's like punk in the same way that sex pistols is punk or something would you it's that thing when you're younger and you like discover like the like the peripherals of this of the scene that you're into as well as like me when like when i was listening to star well, i'm still listening to star but when i was first was a teenager and all i really knew was like real with fish and less than jake and then i like, finally like and then i moved over to it might have even just been like earlier less than Jake that I was listening to, but it's just like, oh my god, this is like some of the this is like heavy star, this is star core, this is amazing. And it's like this is the heaviest shit. And then yeah. like five years down the line, you know, random hand happened. And I was like, oh, all right, okay, no, there's more. Yeah. But yeah. I'm fascinated by the bands that always make you realise that there's more to your scene than what you know. You don't realise a band is a gateway band until you realise what it's a gate what it's been a gateway to. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's like that with comedy as well. So I don't trust I don't trust anybody who says that like their first ever comedy the first ever comedy they knew was like Daniel Kitson or something. It's like, fuck off, you were eleven and it was a Peter K DVD. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if if I hadn't been like watching a lot of comedy, like that time when we went to see John Kearns in Edinburgh, yeah. I'd have been like, what the, f he's, he's got a wig and false teeth, what the fuck is this? But because we'd watched a lot of comedy prior to that, you kind of got what he was doing kind of thing. I, I'm still really tempted to sub to um, donate to the Monkey Barrel Kit starter because I really want John Kearns on vinyl. Yeah. Are you still buying vinyl? Well, I've not been buying vinyl in lockdown because it's lockdown and I don't have any money, but yeah, I'm still buying vinyl. <laughs> Everyone needs a hobby and I can't drink anymore, Andrew. You just asked for a beer like two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it's alcohol free. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. 
Nordic. Uh, nice is not the word, but uh, <laughs> it does the job. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, minimum wage is just decent. Uh, what did you think of All My Fault? All My Fault? Not my fault how much I enjoy that song, Tom. Hey. Eh? <laughs> so, the, to, to do a little bit. I'm willing to just leave it there. <laughs> End of episode. Uh, just to, in terms of context, did this was the single from the album. Oh, really? Right there. If you watch, yeah. And if you watch the video for this, it will further acknowledge the fact that Blink-182 were heavily involved with Phoenix TX. Mark Hoppus, no less, is the star of the video for this song. Oh, fuck. Mm. This, wait, wait, so this is like pre-Blink being Ventures. Like, that would have, like, if that happened now, it'd be like, yeah, no, this is the new British band on the scene. Yeah. But it was at a point where Blink were almost about to get big and this band were managed by him. So yeah. it was, I think it was just before any of the state hit. Um, yeah, it will be. It will be. Yeah. And in, in the video, Mark's watching TV. Phoenix TX are playing this song in the room next door. Mark bangs on the door. And then Phoenix TX smash through the wall. You know. It's like, like, like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah, like the cool man. Except it was Phoenix TX. Going, oh, my phone. <laughs> Instead of, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mark Hoppus. So, I, I mean, there's a reason why. They... Well, Mark Hoppus will do pretty much anything for pop punk. And that's what I've slowly realized over the years. Yeah. No, I agree with that. If, if it's something he cares passionately about, he will he will go to the end of the earth for that song. I remember being very surprised that he was so involved in the simple plan. Is it just a kid or a dit did that he's on? Uh, I'm just a kid. And it's in the video. I remember like, watching it on Grand or something. I was just like, why is Mark Hoppers fucking with simple plan? Mark Hoppers <laughs> is better than simple plan. I don't have anything against simple plan, but you know, it's a step down. It was clearly a step down, and you know it was a step down because the guy from Simple Plan was sat next to Mark Hoppers in the video going... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what we'd be like, and we can't deny that for a second. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, we'd be trying to do like We'd have him on a show. We'd, like, he'd just be talking. We'd be trying to do our bits, but we'd just, just be staring. Yeah, we definitely would. <laughs> I mean, I, I, think, I think when we... When we supported Andrew O'Neill we were like afterwards we were like <laughs> he wants us to go to the pub with him <laughs> <laughs> it was like you were like where's my cardigan and Andrew O'Neill went your cardigan's up here it was like Andrew O'Neill knows where Tom's cardigan <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was a good night oh yeah that's that's how punk rock we are just me losing cardigans at gigs <laughs> And semi-famous <laughs> comedians finding them. <laughs> That's just my wife, guys. That's just my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, that game was fun. Feel that also feels like forever ago. It does, yeah. That was like eighteen months ago. 
Oh man, it has taken us a while to get through all of these. Um, mm-hmm. You want to pick highlights? Yeah, let's just skip through this. We've already we've already sp- touched on Stinner Jesse, which is no, yeah. to be honest. No, well we mentioned it. That's like to be honest, Stinner Jesse is a perfectly decent Star Trek. I just don't know why it's on this album. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like as far as as far as Scar songs go, I mean, yeah, it's got pretty much every cliche in there, but it's a it's a pretty fucking good Scar song. Yeah, like it's got decent it's got decent horn lines, it's got good melodies, and it's got enough of that kind of like gruffness and whiny emptiness that Phoenix Dance bring to the table to be a bit different. It just has no fucking place on this album. No, it doesn't. And, and nor, does, he, nor does the track that follows it, Ben. Ben doesn't belong on this album either. No. If you, if you go back to the Skinhead Jesse song, it's not on the re-release, is it? No. Um, and yeah, it really just does speak to the fact that I, my, my hypothesis is that... Um, Every single drive-through release for the first fifteen releases, I don't know if they were told to have a scar song or if they were signed because they had a scar song. But <laughs> there had to be a very strong scar element at every single release. For I think week. you're right as well because, like, well, like we said like last time, they were basically a star a star label. Yeah. I'm assuming so. I didn't realize the word until I started going back and listening to these, but every single release has a Scar element to it. Well, Star Wars, Star Wars, the, the big thing then. Star Wars, what got you money? Because, like, Pop Punk was, people liked it, but it was just emerging, really. Because, like, this, like you said, this is pre Dude Ranch, which is really the moment where everyone started wanting to snap up and sign up Pop Punk bands. Because the more stuff that you associate with pop was so like Green Day, that was, I would say Green Day was more punky than punky, Jesus. Uh, like, you know, the pop bands that were around at that time were a bit more in the leaning towards punk and hardcore than they were towards pop punk. Yeah. It's really. I find it fascinating because I never associated with drive through with. Scar. Well, I think it's just like Scar is not a massive part of like what we recognize Drive Through as for, mm. or what we what we know them for. Because like the bad way, it's like new like newfound glory and that kind of like the height of their popularity, kind of like early two thousands. They weren't bringing out that much in the way of Scar outside of RS Bandits. Yeah, no, exactly. It's interesting. If if imagine if Drive Through had put out 10 releases and then somehow signed less than Jake. Oh, it would have completely changed them. It's like um, drive drive through would have drive through would have become like the new Moonstar, I'd say. Yeah. We well, we would be doing a podcast now about a star label called Drive Through Records, like Yeah. Well at the time I I reckon that there would still be there'd be another there'd be another label that would have done the same thing because like with like with the popularity of Blink, someone would have done, someone would have become the pop punk label. Yeah, it's just drive through not there first. Mm-hmm. What's Edinburgh State? Who actually released Edinburgh State? MCA. Oh, I didn't realize that they were with MCA that early. I think so. I think so. 
Uh, no, that's interesting. Like I would I'm definitely am interested in if we ever if we ever find a way to visit parallel universes, I'm going to the one where drive through is still a star label. Yeah. Can I come with you? Yeah, yeah. We'll just be there just like, oh my god, I love this famous drive through band, Real Big Fish. <laughs> Oh, they picked up this uh, little unknown UK thing, and they're now the biggest band in the world. It's like this is the universe where everyone loves tap down. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good universe, though, wouldn't it? Another another thing about since we we we're very early into the drive through records catalog, Tom. Uh, and with that in mind, I think it's only fair to tell people what I feel like telling people every time I talk about drive through records. Which is once a week, which is once a day, at least. Yeah, probably. Um, if I say allegedly, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you say allegedly, it's all right, Mr. Uh Richard and Stephanie Rains, who started Drive Through Records, I have nothing but respect for them. I love them both. I think it's amazing what they did with this record label, how they took it from this to this. Oh, we're getting a big butt. However, <laughs> no, however, that's bigger than buts. I heard allegedly that if you were to sign to drive through records, you would have to go to his house and walk on his back. Allegedly, I'm not saying that's true, and walk on his back. Yes, yeah, like some kind of weird sexual kind of kink that he had. But I'm not saying that's true. true. I'm, saying, I'm saying it's probably not true. Because, you know, I love this record label, but I just think it's fascinating that I always have to tell people that because it's something that I heard about Drive Records. It's a legend. And even if that's true, do you think that's a bad thing, Tom? I mean, if it's if it's the only way that you can get signed with them, yeah, that's definitely a bad thing. <laughs> like, I mean, I'd walk on someone's back. I'd walk on someone's back to get signed. Yeah, of course I would. <laughs> it's not like they're asking him. It's not like he's asking them to, you know, suck him off or something. <laughs> I like how you were trying really hard to find a way to not say <laughs> suck him off, and then we just like, I can't think of any. Let's just go with suck him off. So Richard may not have done that. I'm not saying he did that. I'm just saying that every time I hear the, the name Drive Through Records, I feel the urge to tell people that one fact. More well, like walk on his back records. Yeah. <laughs> drive through your know, crevice record. <laughs> I don't know. Drive drive through the vertebrae. More like vertebrae records. <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> it is, it? Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah no, that's a Stina Jesse decent star song um, in terms of more metal inspired songs I can't say the same for Ben Ben is not a good song which one's Ben? I can't remember how Ben goes Tom. I can't remember exactly how it goes I just know it's like considerably heavier than everything else on this album that isn't a bonus track that's the main thing. I can't find my mouse to check. Oh, I am definitely. Yeah. It's a good song, that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Um, I'm just not a fan of it. I feel like really 
steps out. Also, where the fuck are you listening to this album? Because I've had to be doing it on YouTube. Oh, um, I just I just went on the. Uh, uh, you see that? That's yeah. the second release that's actually on Spotify. Oh right, okay, that makes more sense. Um. I mean, I might be thinking of speechless because I was—I had to do this via YouTube video, so it's like it wouldn't actually tell me the names of it. I had to go through that. Yeah. Like early drive through, some early drive. It's really hard to find. Like, Cousin Oliver was on Spotify, but it's—you can't even find the full lyrics or the full album to download anywhere at the moment. Yeah. This isn't on Spotify. It's very much from the smaller days. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been sitting on wanting to... Do you have anything to say about Ben or Speechless? Because if not, I'm moving on to my favourite... My least favourite track, but the one I want to talk about. Yeah, which is presumably Rooster Song. No, uh, Rooster Song is coming now. Uh, this is John claude Trans Am. Okay, I like that song. I think I like that song. The, the lyrics are atrocious. What are the lyrics? Um, hold on, I've got on for you. All right. So, I don't know. It's just, it feels a bit like he's... I'm just going to read him, because I've been trying to figure out how to phrase this sensibly, and I can't. And if I ever hurt you, you know I never meant to, so please don't hold it against me, but in the heat of passion, I forgot to sympathise with your virginity. <laughs> This is a rape apology song. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh I've spoiled it. I've never really listened to the lyrics. It wasn't until I, because I, I wasn't listening properly. Anyway, it wasn't until I heard like the sympathize with your virginity line. I was just like, the fuck is this song about? Went on. They're the only lyrics. Um, it's it's just one verse repeated, but in full, it's, and if I ever hurt you, you know I never meant to, so please don't hold it against me, but in the in heat of passion, I forgot to sympathize with your virginity. How can I sit still every time you're near me, and how can I forget you're always reminding me, all I needed a taste, you're such a terrible thing to waste, but I know you have your reasons, I'll wait for the day that I can hear you say, call me if you need some. Uh, so it's, it's about a guy having sex with someone who's not necessarily comfortable with losing her virginity. It's a song about non-consensual sex, yeah. Oh, God. I know. And it's horrible because it's incredibly catchy. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like, I feel awful saying that, but it's like the, the subject matter, the lyrics are atrocious. But if you're on like a first out, like listen through the album or something, you're not really listening to stuff. Well, the start to that song is amazing. It's like it's like early bling. It's like Eminem's. That's such a good start to a song and such a terrible kind of fucking narrative to it. It's oh. like it. It's enough for this album to not get made today, like, that's for sure. Or at least not with that track on it. It's like, when you when you think of all these kind of pop-punk bands that have got basically... I mean, I know, it, I know it's cancelled, but what that means is 
people aren't going to listen to your band anymore and you probably shouldn't be making songs anymore. Well, it's that's all... What, it's, that's what cancelled means, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I think the thing that surprised me about this when I kind of, like, realised it is I've always, like, jo- I've always joked and made light of the fact that pop-punk, pop-punk musicians can like it's the same in a lot of music but our genre has a particularly predatory bunch like it's and it's almost inevitable because you've got that whole like a lot of their fan bases can be teenage girls so it's just like hey your parents don't understand you you know who does a penis and it's like and that's how that's how your ian watkins happen and your brand new fellas happen but i've never seen one I've never seen a track which is like this just avert with that kind of like, ah, oh, sorry, love, I can't help myself. It's just yourself yeah. there. Well, hey. There's, there's a lot of songs that we're going to have problems with whilst we're recording these things. Yeah. But when, when it specifically says I'm some, it relates to taking someone's virginity. To be fair, it, it doesn't necessarily say he takes it unconsensually. It's just he references taking someone's virginity. What's the lyric again? Um, it is. All right, so. Uh, but in the but in the heat of passion, I forgot. I forget to sympathise with your virginity. Yes. So he's, he's not. It's not unconsensual. But it it kind of is by the sound of it. It's very blurred line. But if you say I forgot to sympathise with the other virginity, it could be like she's decided to have sex with him, but he's forgot to be rec- he's forgot to recognise that she's a virgin. Yeah, but it's also shit like I didn't mean to hurt you and all that sort of stuff. Um, the, it, sounds, um, it sounds to me like ultimately the message is he's taken someone's virginity who liked him and she and now he's just fucking left her. Yeah, maybe, but it can definitely be re- well, that could be it. Then to be honest, kind of want it to be that because it's a catchy song. Either way, it's very sketchy or very very sketchy, and either way, it's not a good. Oh yeah, no, it's kind of like, it's like the the Venn diagram is get is great. It's like, it's nothing but grey areas. It, it goes from grey to very, very black. <laughs> grey to dark grey. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that really, um, yeah, I think it's the second... Same though, because again, like you say, I, I, before you kind of really read those lyrics out to me, I've really enjoyed listening to, <laughs> to that song. And it's a great name. It's a fantastic. I think we said this before we started recording. Like John Claude Transan is the kind of name that we would come up with for a show. (laughs) But yeah, I didn't listen to the lyrics, and now that song is very much tainted. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so after the rape apology song, we um, which I'm trying to stop calling it that after the alleged. Well, it might not even... Now, we've got, we've got an untitled track, which has a weird accent in it, which I've yet to identify. 
Oh god, is this when they just do? Is this just where they're riffing in the studio and doing yep. stupid voices? Yep. Yeah. Fuck that. That's stupid. That. It it it's common. It it happened a lot in albums from around then. But you know, the, the Jamaican accent felt a bit much. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's fucking. I don't know. It's just not funny, you know. That's often the way with a lot of these riff tracks, though. And it's, it's not like it's not. Oh God! What, what am I? I'm searching for the words. Sometimes when you listen to these kind of outtakes, you get that the band's having a nice time and they're having a good laugh, and it's quite friendly and quite warm. These these kind of little stupid outtakes, and they're not friendly, and they're not warm, and the guys that are saying these words come out as fucking annoying at the least, and a bit yeah. offensive at the most. Kind of thing. Yeah, there's sound like there's a there's like a ranking of who can do these kind of riff tracks well, and yeah. Phoenix are not high up on that list. <laughs> there's, there's, an out, there's, there's an outtake on Cheshire Cat where you hear something falling down some stairs. And then one of them goes, "Who told you to? Sh- who told you how to throw a dick down the stairs?" And it means nothing. But it's really funny. But it's kind of funny. It's, really funny. it's not. It's not offensive in any way. But these guys are doing stupid accents, and they've been very annoying. And I just don't think these kind of outtakes work very it's well. Almost like it, it's like it's too staged. It seems very staged. It seems like they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It don't feel naturalistic at all. Yeah. If it seemed like a snapshot of what they were doing in the studio as opposed to actually doing it on purpose, it would have been, it might have seemed different, but yeah, it's not yeah. good. And it's one of the only things on this that isn't on the re release as well. So, yes, and um, with good reason. And with good reason. After we got, we got Philosophy, which I've got no notes on, so I assume I like it. Yeah, I think that's a good song, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> Then I thought John Claude Transam was a good song until you read the lyrics to me. So. <laughs> Who knows at this point? Um, then it's Jaw, which is the final track, which is not on the re-release as well. Okay. Um, again, no notes. So I assume I think that's I think Jaw's right about the time. It it feels really blinky again. Like it, we're going to be saying this a lot for this one. Well, we have said this a lot for this one, but this one is like pure like dude ranch sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, before the bone stretch, we have the um, almost like the rite of passage for any pop punk album, which is slightly inspired by Bunt 182, and that is the complete fuck about song. <laughs> With the rooster song. Andrew, would you like to tell me the lyrics or your favorite lyrics from the rooster song? This um, artistic piece of poetry, this integral piece of the vision of the band River Phoenix. Okay, so the song starts with one of them saying, um, "Hey, I'm going to eat this. I'm just hardly being. I'm just, I'm just kind of giving the uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're paraphrasing. You're paraphrasing. Thank you. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, it's not. For me. One of them says." Um, Oh, I'm going to eat this chicken. And then the other one says, Hey, that ain't no damn chicken. That is a cock. I'm going to eat that cock. And then the song breaks into... um, 
Uh, big cock, it's so damn big. I got a big cock, it almost ate a pig. <laughs> is that is that something along the lines? Yep, of... yep. Um, there's also um, the poetic. Um, I got a big cock for your mouth. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep. It's this is this is their fucking dog. Yeah, but less charming, which is weird. Like, <laughs> fucking dog is a dumb song, but also. It's, it might be nothing. It might be the nostalgia speaking. Like I, I might have never listened to Blink One Eight Two in my life and heard "Fucker Dog" when I was thirty years old and be like, "This is dumb. I hate this." But if 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 you've got a song and you're saying it's less charming than "Fucker Dog," you know it's not very charming. <laughs> and it's such a strange. It's such a weird flex to end your album on this. It's not funny though, is it? It's like I, you know, there was a lot of kind of dick, kind of paraphrasing and 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 dick, you know. Yeah, it was just like, oh, aren't penises funny? I've got this is a chicken. You can sometimes a male chicken is a cock. You know what else is a cock? My penis. <laughs> That's also a cock. Yeah. This cock. This cock. The animal is quite big. Hey, guys, 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 got a big cock. Got a big cock. That's all it is. It's That's all, all it is. is. Hey, do you want to eat my big cock? Do you want to put my big cock in your mouth? <laughs> you no, know, because he's a chicken, so. <laughs> no. You're on a shaky ground when you're doing dick satire, but this, this is. Dick satire? Is is satire? It's a very special subgenre of the sat of satire. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, in 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 the name of this recording, what I would say is that when I bought this album, how old were you when you bought this album? About fifteen. <laughs> and I listened to this song, and I thought it was fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I said to my stepbrother, hey, listen to this. And I passed him the headphones and he listened to it too and he laughed as well. <laughs> I don't know what 15-year-olds are like these days, but at 15 years old, in 1999-2000, if there was a song about a dick being a chicken, it was quite funny at the time. <laughs> Comedy's evolved since then. <laughs> I <would> hope so. <laughs> I don't think it has. I said, like, to to fifteen year old boys, dicks are always funny. Maybe we don't talk to enough fifteen year old boys. I work with kids. Actually, we should talk to less fifteen. <laughs> I work with kids. I work with fifteen. Okay, well, I, I'm going to talk to That's less. That's my day job, Andrew. <laughs> they find dicks funny still. <laughs> Not a day go by that I don't walk into work and there's at least one teenager holding a water bottle pretending it's his dick. It's like it's time was calling. That's interesting, actually. I don't. I don't feel so. so you think you think fifteen year olds would still find dicks funny, basically? Yeah, I think so. Like, I know they just. I mean, I think I'm thirty, and you know, dicks are still sometimes funny. Yeah. Like in like in forgetting Sarah Marshall, where you just all of a sudden see Jason Sudeikis talk. It's funny because all of a sudden you get yeah. surprised talk. Yeah, yeah. That's not an age thing. That's. <laughs> to be fair, that's the way that that's revealed. It goes for like it goes for like sharp cut to his penis 
you know. Did you ever see the song he did? Like, it was, uh, it might have been South by Southwest or something, where he, like, he composed a song which was, like, his, like, because he was recently single. So he composed a song which was, like, his phone number. And it was his actual phone number. I think there's a line in it which is, like, you've all seen for Jed and Sarah Marshall, so you know what I'm working with. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not always funny, so... I mean, it depends on the context, doesn't it, really? Penises can be funny, even if you're not 15, but it does depend on the context. <laughs> uh, Kat, you're an impartial um, observer. Are dicks funny? They are fun, though. So, Sorry, I've got a dick in my mouth yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't a very big one because I heard that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that just leaves us with. There's apparently two bonus tracks, but I've not listened to them. I'll be honest. I've, All I've... right. So one is another riff. Is literally like ten seconds, and it's just like, "Hey, are you still listening to the songs on this?" And then there's thirty seconds more silence. Right. And then it's like some. With, it's like reminded me of Pain for Pleasure from uh, with Sum 41, which I'm starting to suspect might be a feature of drive through records now because that's the same thing I said about the bonus tracks of um, that's the same thing I said about the bonus tracks on uh, Cousin Oliver. Mm. It's just like, right, we've done, we've done the punk, we've done all this, time for us to do our like hair metal voices. Oh, do they do like a hair metal thing? It's just kind of like one of those like weird now, just kind of like, oh, we're a punk band. Really? Yeah, we're not. Those aren't the lyrics. I wasn't paying okay. attention. It was so bad. I like just turned the volume down. It was just like I don't think Andrew's trying to listen to this, so I don't have to. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. But it was bad. It was not worth a bonus track. Right. Okay. Let's uh, let's bring it in then, Tom. Let's reel it in, reel because this is already one. We say we were going to be doing this for half an hour. Yeah, and not half an hour. How long have we been going? Uh, enough time for Cat to have a cigarette and then go outside uh, and then go and shower and come back. So at least an hour. Fuck's sake. Oh. <laughs> Final what? thoughts on River Phoenix. River Phoenix, nineteen ninety-seven. 1997. 1997. What's that? I thought you said 87. No, definitely 97. If yeah. I did say 87, 1997. Either way. Um, I've been listening to this album for 10 days, uh, and initially I liked the couple of songs that I had heard previously that I remembered, basically all my fault, because I remember the video with Mark Hopperson. Um, and to be honest, since I've been listening to I've liked it more and more and more and I've been switching between both versions and I've really, I think it's, I love Cheshire Cat and I love Dude Ranch and it's a band trying to sound like Blink in that era so I'm going to love it. However, having said that, you've pointed out to me a couple of lyrics that are very problematic and there's a at least as many lyrics that I've heard myself that I already, already thought were problematic. So in terms of, uh, do we do, did we do out of 10 last time? Did we, I feel like we did something out of 10. 
Oh, yeah, yes, we both gave it an out of 10 between, we both gave it an out of 10 and then it was an out of 20. Alright, so in terms of 10 drive through hot dogs out of 10, I would give it Oh, it's, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because how much can you overlook the fucking scummy things that they sing? I'm actually asking you, how much can I overlook the scummy things that they sing? I think you can overlook it a fair bit, considering that you didn't necessarily notice. Well, not yes. that you didn't notice, but... Tell you what, um, we will rate. We will rate it, but we will pretend that um, John Claude Transam is instrumental. How about this? Because this is going to come out. This is going to come up a lot, Tom. There's going to be very many problematic lyrics in the albums that we listen to. If you think something's very problematic, you have to automatically deduct three points. That's that. That's a really good system. Okay. So, if I hadn't really listened to the lyrics and been told about the lyrics, I would have given this probably a seven and a half out of ten. But because of the problematic, fucking scummy taking a virginity lyrics, I'd have to give it a four and a half out of ten. Five and a half out of ten. Five and a half out of ten. Okay. And I just am very, very, very similar. So, again, it's. It's catchy, it's, it's inconsistent as fuck, so lose his point for that. But it's catchy, decent melody again. I love that era of Blinker. It's nice to hear people try and do it before people would even try and do it. So, but minus three points for that one song alone. So I'm going to say 4.5 out of 10. Good. Which okay. brings us overall to 10 out of 20, slap band in the middle. Can we not just listen to some Newfound Glory where you know that it's just about having fun and jumping up and down and there's no fucking... You see, I'm scared, I'm really scared that we like, the more we do this, we're gonna start looking into lyrics of like various different favorites. Yes, we will. I mean, that's gonna happen. And that's why you need to stick with this thing. Yeah. Hold your heroes accountable and all that shit. Indeed, you have to. Sorry, my cat just tried to kill me. It's a very problematic cat. I heard. Whoa. Gonna have some of the dick. (laughs) Um, So that was. an order at drive through Records, Tom. An order at drive through Records. Ads, um, we'll quickly, be back. Uh, shall we look up quickly what's next on the... Yep. What, 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 while you do that, while you do that, I will pad. Pad and I'll do it. This has been... This has been order at drive through Records number two, River Phoenix, River Phoenix of 1997. I've been Tom B. I needed to think my name. Never good. I'm, <clears throat> I've been Tom B. That Tom B on Twitter and... This has been, oh, I'm going to point because I do enjoy pointing. This has been Andrew Marsh. And I've been Andrew Marsh. And uh, next week at An Order with Drive Through Records, we're going to get in our convertible and we're going to drive up to the order window and we're going to say, The pharmaceutical bandits, those damn bandits. I'm so excited for this. 
uh, RS Bandits are one of my favorite bands, and so I'm I'm happy. <laughs> right, so that's been an order of reckless. Cheers for watching. Woof woof and all that. <laughs> that's Doctor of Traps. Woof woof is Doctor of Traps. Thanks for the burden. Big old side outs. Yeah, smooth. Stop recording.